0: Hello and welcome to the Sports Unite podcast. Uh, thank you for coming back. Uh, oh, it's no. summertime. Okay. It's uh, it's uh, nice and warm outside, sunny. Uh, hopefully things are getting a lot better and uh, everyone's staying safe. Uh, we have an excellent podcast for you today. Uh, we have returning uh, the great and wonderful Kastra. Uh, thank you so much for coming.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Uh, uh, I am... I am wonderful. I don't know about great. My stomach is getting big, so I might become pretty grand. Great. If you want to put it. Yeah.
0: And uh, for the first time uh, we have uh, the uh, incredible Jack white not the uh, guitarist Jack White, but uh, still an incredible uh, legend. Jack White. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
2: No worries. Thank you for having me. I'm a first timer here.
0: So uh, this episode is going to be focused all about uh, the beautiful game, footy, soccer, wherever you come from and talk about it. We're going to go, go over everything. We're going to start with the club football as seasons are winding down unless you're here in North America and uh, the MLS is just starting, but uh, does anyone really care for the MLS until the fall? Uh, so uh, the EPL, will start there. How did you think this season was going to play out? Did you expect it to finish? Did you expect it to uh, get, go the distance, 38 games? Uh, And what was your overall take?
2: Uh, I'll take this one first. I honestly, truthfully, I didn't really expect it to go the full 38. Um, I thought there'd be blips. I thought there'd be delays. I, 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 wasn't sure how it was going to go uh, in terms of the positioning of all the teams. It pretty much played out close to what I would have thought. I, I definitely had two two or three of the top four um, in the top four, not quite the positions they ended up in, but but I had them there. Um, for myself as an Arsenal fan, it was a pretty grim season. Um, but uh, we nearly finished above Tottenham. There was a chance in the last day that, that we would have our beloved St. Tottenham day, but uh, not quite this year. But no, there were some stellar performances from some teams that sort of came nowhere with a lot of young, good talent, um, as opposed to the big flashy signings. So that made it interesting to watch.
1: Uh, I, I guess uh, I, I expected the way it did. Uh, main thing is that I thought Liverpool was going to win, uh, but uh, that's right. uh, nobody was expecting their entire back line to be decimated from injuries. So, that, that put him back. Uh, I mean, obviously, ex- I was expecting Manchester City to be the runner-ups. Uh, uh, and, uh, I mean, some might say, you know, obviously, Liverpool was going to have a tough schedule because of all the games in the Champions League and uh, the Spurs to maybe finish 4 fifth. I wasn't expecting them to finish as low as they did. And uh, this new U- UEFA Conference League that they have added, it's, it's crap to me. I don't, they don't deserve European football. Like uh, it's, you either make it for Europa League or, you, you know, if you finish seventh, if you finish below yep. West Ham, you don't, you don't need to play uh, European football. Yeah. Um, as, as for the bottom of the table, I wasn't expecting Sheffield to be relegated, let alone be the last team, because they did so well last season. They have so much talent. And um, it's, it's just a shame to see that uh, their, their team, I mean, mainly because of injuries. They fell behind early in the season because of injuries, uh, but they just were never able to pick it up. Despite having a squad that's better than Burnley's squad, better than Crystal Palace's squad, uh, some argued argue better than Brighton's squad, although their manager is not as good as Brighton's. Uh, so yeah, at the bottom of the table, that was uh, that was that was a huge shock for them to finish last. That that that's that's. that's. So yeah, I, I would say for me, it was a very surprising season. There was a lot of uh, upsets on both ends of the table.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I almost thought Sheffield overperformed last year, and um, to me, uh, pretty much the bottom four. So if you include Burnley in it as well, not quite Brighton, because um, they literally just came up. But if you include Burnley, Burnley, Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield, they're to me they're, they're your typical bubble teams. Like, add in Norwich City to that list from the from the yep. Championship, and they just yo yo up and down. Um, they might stay up a year, maybe they stay up two years, but uh, to me they're 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 your typical bubble teams they just go up they go down they go up they go down um pretty consistently so i could have i definitely would have had west brom in there um, yeah, yeah, sheffield maybe if they had a little bit of lingering performance from last year yeah but uh fulham wasn't really that big of a surprise either and like when you concede the amount of goals that west brom do like they conceded more goals than sheffield united um when you can see that many, your chances of staying up are pretty slim.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with you on those But as you said, it's, it's just the performance last season was so good for a new, newly promoted team that I was expecting them maybe to, you know, finish at the bottom, but just not, not that bad. Not, not yeah. literally the last spot of, the, of the, uh, definitely above Fulham and uh, West Brom. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So how does a team? Especially, well, I mean, I guess you could say it's hard to say because you could blame this year and all the craziness for, you know, Sheffield for many people overperforming the year before, and then many people saying, "Oh, well, there we go. That's the team we expected. There, there it is." Yeah. Um, if they were to come back and be promoted uh, at the end of next season could you say that it was just, you know, a, a blip? Or are how do you go from being a bubble team, a constant bubble team, and having, I don't call haters, but having the critics always being like, oh, we're, you were going to send two down, one up, and then uh, down, up, down. How do you get people to be convinced that you're no longer a bubble team uh, other than, you know, stop being a bubble team and moving up and down? How do you uh, get that player to, like, you know convinced be like oh we're you know we're a bubble team but with you we'll be a constant uh premier league team
2: i almost i i've thought about that before and as like to, to me you need to go you need to go young and you need to go internal um i i honestly feel that because if you're a, if you're a championship team that gets promoted and you try to get a big player You're not gonna go out and get your Mbappes, your Neymars, et cetera. You're gonna get like your Danny Alveses who are like 35, 36, looking for one last big payday. Um, you're not gonna get like a 24-year-old superstar on the on the up like that uh Ellen Hangerland or whatever. You just even if you throw a hundred million at them, they're gonna laugh at you. So and you're just gonna get the sort of the Wayne Rooney's when he went to Derby and whatnot that are looking for that last score. So I almost think you need to go Academy and you need to go young and then you got to show growth so like if you stay up say you say say 17th you barely stay up and then the next year you can wrangle out of 15th and then you can wrangle out of 14th at that point you can start going out and getting some more established players but i also think a lot of the clubs are scared to go out and spend a lot of money when you come up because yes you get the parachute payments when you go back down for 3 years but if you don't get back up in those three years, you're in a world of hurt because you might be carrying a, a Mika Richards 80 grand contract or 80 grand a week contract in the championship. That's not feasible because you don't have the TV money. You don't have, like, it's a, it used to be, I don't want to get specific. I think, it, I feel like, like, 10, 15 years ago, coming like 16th or 17th, you used to get you like 30 million in TV money. Nowadays finishing dead last gets you 100 million in TV money. Like the relegated team Sheffield United got 100 million in TV revenue. Next year they'll get like 80 because of the parachute payments, then they'll get 60, then they'll get 40. So they're banking on if they're carrying the same the same salary structure the same team, they're banking on being able to get back up to be able to get that 100 million year after next because there's their player staff, their player wages might be ninety. And then next year, if they keep them all because they can't get rid of them, they might be 80, but then they're losing money on not getting a TD revenue. So I almost think you got to be a little cautious and try and go young, try and go for young, hungry players rather than you can't go and get a superstar. That's my opinion.
1: Uh, I I also think that, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it kind of relates to that, but I feel like when you get relegated, Uh, what your first instinct shouldn't be is that we're going to fire the head coach. We're going to rip everything up. Uh, You should, you should see how well your team did regardless of what's on paper, but just judge the product on field, because you could, uh, you could lose games, but still play very well football, just be unlucky. And that's what I know Norwich was just used as an example of a team that's always, uh, you know, just yo-yoing up and down, but I feel like this time around, they're doing things right because they didn't get rid of their head coach once it went down because they knew to have a young core of academy players, as Jack said, and a great coach. So they held on to that coach. They dominated the championship, and they're coming back up. And next season, I guarantee you that Norwich is not going to get relegated.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah,
1: I I mean, they did just sell one of their best players, uh, Buendia, Buendia. to uh, Aston Villa, but even without that, they got Cantwell, they got Max Aarons, they got a couple of uh, young players that will definitely help them stay up. And uh, yeah,
2: how much did he go for that, Buendia? Because I think Arsenal were linked with him at one point. It was yeah, like twenty uh, million or thirty million or
1: thirty-three million uh, plus Ooh. a five million, and Arsenal apparently wasn't willing to put the extra eight million in.
2: Yeah, I, I can. That's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, it's. And,
1: and the thing is like, I don't think he would have been the difference maker for Arsenal. No, I don't think he would. Yeah. no. it's uh, it, they got they just got a culture of uh, um, just being like, content. They're just good where they are. Their players seem they don't put the extra effort. Everyone's playing at seventy five percent. That's what it seems like to me with Arsenal.
2: Yeah, we need a uh, like. We need to beg, plead, and borrow Odegaard to stay with us. We need him. Yeah. We need, yeah. we need him to like us, and we need him to realize that Madrid Madrid's not for him. And a couple of weeks ago, I had faith that we could get it done because he doesn't like Zidane, and Zidane doesn't like him. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, Zidane sticks around. We might have a chance. But now that Zidane's gone, I'm, I think he might want to go back and have a crack at Madrid. And,
1: and you know and you know why he stands out. He stands out because he's a player with something to prove. He's yeah. a player giving a hundred percent as compared to someone like like Hazard and Aubameyang. That they're like, ah, oh, you know, we're playing in one of the top, most expensive teams in the world. Uh, we're stars. We don't need to go full on. So
2: I, 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 I love Aubameyang, but I don't understand Arsenal. Uh, and you, I want to hear your thoughts on this, Caster, because like. You give Obama Yang your 300 plus grand a week, 300 plus grand a week, and the same they give it to Ozil. That yeah. screams to me: this is my team. This team revolves around me because I'm getting 300 grand a week. And yet they've played him, they've played him left forward, center forward. They played him right a couple of times when Pepe was out. They don't seem to play him in a position and build everything around him. They just seem to fit him in with, oh, we'll put you up front today and we'll put Pepe on the on the right and we'll put Laka on the left or, or, or whatever. I'm like, I don't want to pay someone 300 grand a week unless everything goes through them. Like, I was fine yes. with it with Ozil at the start with Wenger because everything went through Ozil. And it's the same with at, at Barca. Everything goes through Messi. You, you pay someone that, like, for right or wrong, it's the same at United with Pogba win, lose, or draw, Pogba is in the middle and doing his thing. Yes. And I think you need to do that. And Arsenal, they they seem to give him the money because they were scared if they didn't give it to him, he'd leave. But now that they've got him, they're like, what do we do with him? He's soon to be a 31-year-old centre-forward, a la Henry, on the starting to slow down where speed and pace is his main thing. And now you're like, how do I adapt him? Where does he go? It, it, it seems a bit contract- mismanagement to me and that's all through our arsenal uh, they've yeah man- they've they've mishandled so many contracts to the point where i don't want to make this whole thing an arsenal podcast but <laughs> to the point where like they offered mustafi a new contract and he said no because he's like <laughs> why are you offering a new contract You've made it blatantly clear that i am not in your plans anymore so no thank I you suck. But, i suck yeah. i don't
1: deserve this <laughs>
2: Yeah, but they're just they offered him a new contract because like I don't wanna lose him for free. So I'm like, it's the old NHL thing of I'm gonna offer you a contract and then trade you. It's like they it only wanna offer him a contract to try and get some money for selling him, but he's like that doesn't help my negotiating because I could just go somewhere for free and I'll get a lot more money going for free than I would if I had a ten million dollar uh transfer fee attached. Yeah. So But yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: as as you said, that's that's Basically, what's that's uh, the worst part about how Arsenal's being ran right now? It's it's the their willingness to give money out, yeah, willy nilly, which gives the players more confidence than
2: they should have. Yeah.
0: Now, do you I guys- think- oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I was I was just gonna say all of this. Like, I I didn't like Emery. I didn't think that was a really good fit. Yeah. I I as much as I liked him as a player, I. It's the old United with with Ferguson, then Moyes, then Van Gaal, then Mourinho, then Solskjaer, or someone before Solskjaer, I don't even know. But I'm like, you have like one manager for 20 years, and then you just go through a revolving door. I didn't think Emery was the guy. I don't think Arteta's the guy. And as much as people hated Wenger in his last, in his last five years, they had a great stat in one of the games. Wenger's last, I think they all played 100 games. Uh, Even Emery. So Wenger's last 100 games, win rate was 59%. Emery's 100 games was win rate 51, 52 or something like that. Arteta's win rate was like 53, 54. Even in Wenger's last 100 games, and everyone's like, he's old, he's had it, he's useless. He still had a higher win percentage than Emery or Arteta. And quite frankly, I would take him back in a heartbeat right now and go for Operation Youth 2.0 just do it all over again because the big massive players on massive salaries ain't doing it for me. I, I love Tierney. I, I love the fight. He's possibly my favorite Arsenal player of the last 10 years, um, uh, last five years. He just, he, he wants it. And like, like you say, like yeah. he, he's playing a hundred percent like, and especially it's more fun now when there was no fans in stands, you could actually hear a little bit of the talk between the players like you can tell he wants it a lot more than some of the other players that are just jogging around a bit, little bit.
1: And uh, I mean, I, 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 as, as you say, we don't want to turn it into, into an Arsenal podcast. But just one last thing, uh, on, especially on the win percentage that you talked about, I feel like Wenger was a victim of his own success. He yeah. set the bar so high that even though when he was still doing good when people were saying he's doing terrible, he compared to most coaches at the time, uh, it, it just wasn't to, uh, yeah. you know, t- early 2000s, late 90s standards no. that he set. So that's basically, yeah, he was a victim of his own success. And it's something that we're going to, I'm probably going to bring back up later when we talk about the Euros in Germany.
0: Yeah. Do you, when it comes to club football, do you, do you find that uh, the prestige of some of those clubs uh, is enough to draw players, whereas in other leagues, You know, you have your Montreal Canadiens with the most Stanley Cups. You have Edmonton. You have uh, the Islanders. You have Pittsburgh, who went on dynasty runs. uh, The Warriors in basketball and the Spurs. You know, they've all been dynasties, but they don't, you know, just because you were a dynasty in the past or have the most, uh, it's not the draw. Whereas football and then maybe baseball is the closest comparison to a sport here in North America uh, you know, you go to the Yankees or the Red Sox, that prestige. Why do you think that, uh, you know, football has the highest prestige for some clubs that just, you know, you, it's like they flick on a light and you see the emblem in a neon sign. You're like, eh, eh? And people are like, yeah, let's go. Whereas, you know, uh, a Norwich city or Watford uh, or for the first time in uh, 74 years, you have Brentford coming up to the Premier League. People are going to be like, Brentford, uh, that sounds familiar. Uh, uh, is it, uh, oh, I can't place it. Uh, how, is it just the history? Is it just the early success in the team's history? And how do you think that can be achieved in other sports? Or is it like they're just too different?
1: It's, it's the sport. Uh, I think it's just the fact that, soccer or football is it is the global sport so therefore the best teams uh are just going to be globally more recognized it's it's the simplest of them all it's the one that you need the least amount to play in my opinion it's like yeah uh you just you just need two pieces of like this is how i played in as a kid in iran like literally two bricks in a gravel road and a plastic ball if you can play with it uh, or if not make it an object turning into a round thing and play it it's that's and that's just the nature of the sport to me that's why the c- clubs for it are the most recognized
2: yeah it's uh 100 that because it's like if you want to get your kid into sport football is one of the cheapest because yeah. like 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 you say you just need some cleats and some shorts don't even have to be team shorts just your own shorts play shirts versus skins and a football and a bit of grass. Uh, another one that we talked about earlier is basketball. There's there's community hoops all over the place. So you just get a basketball and a pair of sneakers and away you go. You want to get your kid into ice hockey? Hundreds, thousands of dollars a year in ice time, in skates, sticks, pads. You want to get into American football? There's all, all the pads, helmets, yada, yada. There's a lot more costs. Like, I come from a family that's into horse, that's into horse riding. So again, like, that's not a cheap sport you you got to have the horse that could be like 10 grand right there uh or more for 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 a good one so like soccer is is cheap and easy to get into which helps it be global around the world and the reason your united's and your chelseas and all are so big is the premier league like it's it's the yeah. best marketed league in the world they like if you go back to 90, what, what was the Premier League, 94, 90, 93, 94, something like uh, that? Na- <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah, like 93, 94, something like You go back to like the late 80s. Liverpool wasn't that, Liverpool or United, or Chelsea was really non-existent at that point, but Liverpool United weren't that much bigger a draw than the Bayern Munichs, the PSGs, the the Barcelona. Oh, Gar- Gary Lineker went to Barcelona, whereas nowadays the Gary Lineker or basically Harry Kane Uh, He's about to leave Tottenham, which is fantastic. Uh, He's probably not going to leave the Premier League. As an Arsenal fan, it's fantastic. Uh, Literally the only good thing Renew's ever done for us is really alienate him there. Um, But I'm like, they just don't leave now. Like like Raheem Sterling, there was all talk of him leaving and he didn't leave. Um, And I can't think of the last big player other than Beckham to be like, you know, I want to go and try somewhere different. I want to go to Madrid. And then I want to go to PSG, and then I want to go to uh, uh, AC Milan. It just it just doesn't really happen because the money's there, and the money's there because they advertised it so well, and it got all over. Like there are more United fans in Hong Kong and Indonesia than there is in Manchester. Uh, hold on, I'm just gonna charge my headset here.
1: And and and, and to expand on it, I I feel like um, uh, things like fall outside of sport that affect us as something like the language it's the fact that the EPL is the more mar- most marketable uh, league in the world uh, obviously the quality of the product is good but also uh, the language of the game and stuff. It's, it's the language of the world it's English obviously not everyone's speaking but it's the most common compared to like uh, Spanish or uh, French or German it, it's
0: it's like music it's the the music of the sports world you can watch it you understand it like Jack said you need a ball some cleats if you don't have cleats uh, you can still play uh, you know maybe shin guards if, if you're in a rough neighborhood <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah you can watch it understand it whereas like you know basketball is getting to be that way too it's yeah. growing globally you need yeah. a ball you need a basket you know Dr. James Naismith uh, went down from Canada to teach in Springfield He used a peach basket to invent his game. And, you know, you don't need much. So that's why I think basketball is growing. Hockey, you obviously need ice. So if your country doesn't have ice, it's not going to not going to translate well. Uh, baseball, you need a little bit more equipment and you need a big playing surface. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of a unique playing surface. It's not like a field. Uh, you know, football can kind of, uh, but it's more of a niche North American uh, sport but you, you don't need too much if you play flag or tackle and flag football is really you know growing in the world uh compared to tackle because you don't need equipment you just need you know you can put a t-shirt on the side and pull it down and yeah. then but uh it's, yeah soccer i think is just for it's, the future it's going to be unbeatable
2: it's very easily digestible as well like we were talking about when you watch it as, as, a, as, as a as a as a non-fan a, a casual viewer that just throws it on you can sort of tell what's happening. One team's going left to right. The other team's going right to left. There's not that many rules that you can pass forward. You can pass back. You can pass side to side. Okay, offside might get a couple of people, but mostly you yeah. can tell. Like A casual person can tell a foul from a not foul nine times out of ten. Um, and it's the same for like basketball. It's, it's left to right. It, it's quick. You can sort of tell what's happening. Hockey, left to right. Quick, you can tell what's happening. You watch like baseball. There's a lot of standing around waiting. Like, what's happening now? Are they are they doing something? Are they not doing something? American football: ten seconds of action, thirty seconds of commercials, and then you wait around. So I'm like, if you're just a casual fan, and the other thing I love about it versus hockey is, ninety minutes is ninety minutes, plus <laughs> two or three, whereas a hockey game is sixty minutes. That thing takes three hours to play, and I love it, but it takes three hours with stop the clock. And then like in football, there's no like. I've had Canadian fans be like, why don't they stop the clock? Like, Why don't they stop the clock? And I'm like, it's, it's just how it's done. And I'm like, a 90-minute game is probably only 65 minutes of actually running around, if you think about it. And then there's 25 minutes of standing around waiting for a corner or a throw-in or or a foul, but but the 90 minutes is the 90 minutes, so you can tell your mother if you're like, oh, I can't go out, I'll, I'll do that in 20 minutes. There's, there's 20 minutes left in the game. You, you're pretty close. Whereas in, in NFL, the last Five minutes can take bloody half an hour with all the timeouts and stoppages and whatnot and the commercials and And the commercials yeah i love i love the several commercials (laughs) but
1: just the amount of like in football you got uh, i mean in soccer you got uh commercial before the game commercial at halftime and commercial after the game almost every other sport even basketball which is the second closest thing yeah uh, it's it's starting to creep in. It's yeah. if the players are taking a free throw right now, this screen is starting to get split halfway down the middle. There's commercials on the right side while the players shooting. You try that in football, people are going to break their
2: TVs and then protest yeah. outside of the stadium. I mean, the, the, the only commercials during a football match are the sideboards, and I kind of like them sometimes. They have, yeah. Now that, now that, they, now that they, they used to just have like the stationary ones, and now that they've got like the little television screens, they can actually do cool stuff with it um but it used to just be like a stitch and you wanted to be like stands auto parts and that was that
1: and now so, you have chinese betting companies exactly yeah
0: see so that's a casual thing at least in north america now the you know the betting market the you know the dam is you know the last piece is essentially being broken so for casual people uh, i see you know football becoming you know uh, nfl is probably like the the most betted sports Uh, at least in North America Um, or however they bet, because it totally wasn't completely legal until lately. Um, But uh, I think now that it's breaking open in North America, you're going to see, you know, soccer creep in because uh, it's, uh, you know, easily digestible. Like you guys said, easily digestible. Someone who doesn't really know can be like, Oh, I think that guy's running really hard. I think he's going to score you put five bucks on and you watch, you know, the last half or, you know, half an hour and, Oh, or, Oh, I think he's, you know, there's going to be five more corners in the game. Like once you understand that it's, there's so much little components that I think it's going to creep in. Now, obviously the product is not the same. If you bet on the MLS, than uh, the European leagues, but uh, I think it can only help uh, going forward. Uh, but speaking of money, uh, everyone's favorite hot topic, uh, the Super League, the league that uh seemed like a good idea to everyone with money falling out of their pockets. Uh, but that's not what, uh, that's not what football is about. It's about the fans, it's about the experience. Um, I, I know I have my feelings, and I've listened to a few podcasts, and they weren't kind of, some people were almost on board for it, uh, which I, I, I guess I understand, but they're more, I guess, money, capitalist forward, but let's hear from you guys. Uh, how off putting was the idea of the super league to you guys?
2: I like Caster. go first.
1: Uh, thanks. Uh, so I, I could, I could see the, I'm, I try to look at it from a fan's perspective first and from, uh, from a fan's per- perspective of someone who doesn't live in one of the countries that these teams are from. So like if you're if you're a Malaysian teenager uh, who wants to watch their fam- favorite team, which is probably going to be uh, one of the bigger clubs uh, in Europe, I-, I could see why that appeals to you because you get the chance to watch your team play against the other big team uh, on your phone, uh, provided to you by Amazon for a couple of pounds or a couple of dollars. And it's very convenient to you. Uh, what happens, however, it, in the countries where these teams are actually from, this starts taking money away and quality away from the existing leagues there, because now the the big prize is going to be the Super League that everyone in the world wants to watch. So you don't, you don't, you it basically EPL for example would become what the FA Cup is to the EPL. That's the, the, the FA Cup used to be the big thing. People uh, teams play their best players, but once the money in the Premier League came came around and it started, you know, mattering more and more, teams started, you know, not playing their best players at least in the early stages of FA Cup as much, and they saved it for the thing that brought in the most money, which was the EPL. And I feel like naturally that's exactly what would happen to the Super League. You would see the stars playing the Super League. But you don't see them playing the EPL, maybe not even in the Champions League, because why would you play play your best players against uh, uh, I don't know Red Star Belgrade in the Champions League uh, or Olympiacos against Champions League when you can save them for Super League against playing against Manchester United for the fiftieth time again in uh, you know four years or whatever. So yeah, yeah, that that's that's definitely I, I I feel like it would definitely deteriorate the quality of the game in the domestic leagues in these countries. And as someone that lives in one of these countries, I, I'm I'm, har- I'm very hardly against that.
2: I come down heavily uh, against the Super League. Uh, it's a flawed idea. It's horrible. Um, I see where they're coming from. Uh, I see where the Real Madrid's, the Barcelonas, the Uniteds are coming from. when they're like, I have... X many fans in Malaysia or in Australia that want to watch me play Barcelona because they really like me playing Barcelona. United-Barcelona is a big game. And if you think about it, how often has it happened in the last 10 years? Probably two or three times, maybe. Like, it was the one final. I think it was a semi-final, maybe. And that's it. So, I mean, Arsenal played Barcelona so many times. like Or Bayern Munich. We draw them every bloody year when we were still in the league. But the, the fans want to see those big games those games are only big games because there's meaning to them because they matter. Whereas if you're playing them twice a year, who cares? It's like, yeah, I'm playing Stoke on a a Sunday night in in February and everyone makes the joke about who wants to play Stoke on a cold night in February. But I'm like, you do it all the time. You get used to it. If you wouldn't play Barcelona twice a year and Real Madrid twice a year and everyone twice a year after two or three years, it wouldn't matter. It, it, It wouldn't have the same meaning it wouldn't be such a big deal for a fa- for a father and son to be like, hey, we're going to make the trip to to, to to the new camp. We're going to go on a pilgrimage to the new camp to watch the game. It's like, eh, I'll see it next year, whatever. Uh, I, don't to, I don't have to go this year. I can just go next year. Um, but to me, the thing that really rankled the most is it's the American owners. And uh, I, it, it's it's I, they said it's not, but I 100% agree. I believe Stan Kroenke was major in it. I think he really wanted it. The Glazers clearly wanted it. The Henry of Liverpool clearly wanted it. They come. They all own. Wait, no. Glazers own Buccaneers. Cronky owns uh, the Rams. I don't think the Henry of Liverpool. I don't think he owns an NFL team, but he does own the Boston Red Sox, whatever. So it's that American mentality of no, no promotion, no relegation. Yes. Yeah. You have a you have a bad season, you get some uh, you get some new draft picks that are high up, and you go again um and they didn't like the what do you mean i have to consistently come top four every year to get to get out that sweet european money what what, what if i have a bad year and, and i put 80 million dollars into this superstar player and it doesn't work and now i now i've made a loss i i, I haven't made a consistent revenue like i always make in my mls and nba nhl teams like uh, they they don't want to make a loss they don't want that threat of always having to be good. They just want consistent. I'm good. Now I am in. you're out tough luck. I'll play you in the premier league on the side, but like Castor says, I'm going to play my under 23s because I got a big game in Barcelona on Saturday. So I ain't taking a risk with, uh, with, with Stoke on a, on a Friday night or whatever. So I just think it's, it's all about revenue. It's all about them not wanting to take a risk of not being great. And, similar to pre-financial uh, fair play rules, is like, like the raising of the drawbridge. They're like, we are the top 20 teams now. We're always going to be the top 22 teams or 20 teams. Let's just call it. Let's stop now. And it's like, no, if we did this five years ago, uh, if we did this seven years ago, Man City wouldn't have been there. If we did yeah. this 10 years ago, Chelsea wouldn't have been Well, maybe like 14 years ago, Chelsea wouldn't have been there. Uh, Big four like at the start of the premier league was united arsenal blackburn uh, everyone forgets them uh, and newcastle and look where newcastle are now yeah. so well about 12th but mid mid table and like they would have been one of the big ones and newcastle like they attract they've got the third or they got like fourth or fifth biggest stadium in in england they have aspirations of getting good again they want to climb like get up to european next year or whatever and Go again. Nobody wants to just play in something where the rules are set and you are where you are, and you're never going to move out of it. That's what the that's what the owners want, but that, that's not what the fans want. The fans want games to matter, and games in the Premier League, with with the Super League in place, won't matter. Uh, it, it just detracts everything from it. So I I just think it was a really flawed idea and. I think it's telling that the three clubs that are still in it that are refusing to back down. Um, I think it's telling that they're the three that are in the most financial trouble right now. Um, they yeah. they they need this, uh, and they're I can guarantee you they're going to take the the teams that backed out to court because uh, they were Man City was the first to back out, then it was Chelsea, then it was Liverpool, Arsenal, United sort of en masse. But say what you want, they all signed contracts with the Super League so they are in they've already had to pay 8 million dollars i believe it was um, in the withdrawal fee um, but there are also withdrawal penalties that rumor is is about 80 million dollars um, 80 million dollars a club to get out and as far as as far as uh, arsblog news has said they are enforceable if 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 the super league clubs if the barcelona and madrid want and that's why they haven't gone out because Now they're the three that hold the the other ones to ransom. So this this might be their cash card to get out of jail free, is take the UEFA penalty, whatever it is, and extract the money from the what is it? There was 12 clubs and now there's three. So extract the money from the nine clubs to pay you back. That might be their play, because they're like Barcelona is in dire straits. Madrid can't afford big players and they're spending 500 million on on fixing up the Bernabeu. So they need it
0: I I, and that's the thing so I I have major opinions but do you think those clubs just got complacent or like tired of the Champions League like oh we've been here we want something new outside of the money because obviously money drove this up the wall but that you know you have the Champions League which is why it was created because people wanted oh well what happens, you know, Arsenal, they're the best in England. Well, what happens if they play the best in Spain? Like what's, yeah. and that's the origin of, you know, the champion. Like, do you think they just got like, oh,
2: we're here again. Here we go. Cool. Some some people say, and I, I can see it. Some people thought that this was all, and, and if it wasn't for the, the big penalties for breaking the clause, I would have thought this was a good negotiating tactic. A lot of people were saying that this is the big club's way of getting you a for, to make changes to the Champions League. There are changes that have had to be made for a number of years that weren't made. Um, And they weren't made because UEFA were complacent, because they were like, the money's coming in. I don't need... Prime example is they've recently got... They've recently just got rid of away goals. I have, for years and years and years and years, right back to... Oh, probably 96, 97, Arsenal were playing in a a Europe with Champions and they went on goals might have been Valencia I can't remember um they went out in away goals having scored um and they went out in away goals in extra time that's my main thing away goals in regular time fine but that's what it was it was one all at, at Highbury, and it was one all in, in Valencia's stadium and then it went to extra time and No, no, yeah. It was Valencia first, then high break, and then it went to extra time in high break. They scored first, and we had, I think it was like eight minutes to score two goals, because one wouldn't be enough. One would put them through an away goals, and we didn't get the the goal, so we did go out on just the away goal itself. But I've always thought it's incredibly unfair that you playing first get 90 minutes of away goals, and if things go similar on the return leg, they get 120 minutes of away goals. So... I've always thought you can have away goals counting, but they stop counting in, in extra time. Um, if you want to do it that way. But I think they had their meeting last week and they've just got rid of them entirely. Which is better. I, I do like that because nowadays, like it used to be a thing where you go to Anfield and you had the COP and you had the Stretford end at United and it was intimidating. So if you could score a goal there, it's worth a little bit more than scoring a goal at your home because you're intimidated. But I'm like if you're paid a if you're paid 120 grand a week, you shouldn't be intimidated by scoring in the new count versus scoring in in Plymouth Stadium. Like it, it's your job, you, you do it. Like you turn up at work and you do your job. Um. So yeah. So I I think where I was going with this whole thing is, I think a lot of the big clubs were using the threat of the Super League, and they've used it before. This has been threatened a number of years. Yeah. Uh, this is the only time they've actually gone through and done it. But I think they were trying to sort of be like hey, if you don't do what we want with regards to the Champions League, we're going to go and do our own thing. So you better cut the group stages down and maybe seed me higher up so I don't have to do this and make the coefficients the last five years as opposed to the last 10 years. So yada, yada, yada. So I think this was just a threat that sort of got out of hand. Um, and as an Arsenal fan, I I laughed at the at the at the at the the hubris of the cronky and our general manager thinking that we had a right to be there i'm like we're not top 4 we are we have not been top 4 for a number of years yeah. um so it's like what right do we have like leicester city like what right do we have to be in the super league that leicester doesn't leicester have won the league more recently than we have um they almost made champions league this year i'm like they, they won are, the FA Cup. <laughs> they won the FA Cup. Like Statistically, over the last four years, five years, they are a better team than we are. Yep. And what right do we have? I'm like, West Ham. They had a great season. They have a great young team. Like Next year, they can push on. Maybe they can try and get a Champions League spot. And wh- whose who's, who's right is it at Arsenal and Man United and Man City are just like, nah, you tried, but we're, we're, we're the big boys. You're not. Go away it's 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 not fair it's 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 anti-competitive and it was just it was incredibly short-sighted just looking at the revenue they just wanted that sweet sweet revenue
0: and that's the thing yeah it was it and, and they came out afterwards and be like oh well you know there's a chance for that we can add teams like oh we didn't mention that before like oh yeah there's going to be a way to join the super league uh you know you have to We'll, we'll talk about it later, but, the, you know, we'll, we'll have those spots, uh, with you know, secretly motioning the, the money motion.
2: Well, but... and, and, and yeah, and they never said they're like, oh, there'll be spots. So I'm like, OK, but but there's like six leagues going in or like four leagues. going into This is the Premier League, Spanish League, Italian League, French League, German League. So are you going to have five clubs relegated and five enter one from each of those? No. So they're like, what are you going to do? Are you going to have two relegated? And two promoted. What are you going to promote? Are you going to promote the top German? Or are you going to have, are you going to have like the top German, French, Spanish, English, whatever, fight off in a in a little tournament of their own to get these two spots? Is
1: They're they, going to they they were... do it by who has the most Twitter followers. <laughs> oh, probably, <laughs> probably yeah, some some marketing crap of uh, yeah. measuring how popular of a club is.
0: But that, you you guys brought it up. It was money. It was J P Morgan was financing this, an American firm. You had mostly American owners pushing this from leagues that don't really care about the salary cap. If they do with a luxury tax, they just go, ah, you're fine, whatever. They're, you know, they're loaded. They can support this. They're bringing the American influence. And that's where, you know, I was listening to podcasts and some people were like, you know, what is this? Like this doesn't belong in soccer. Whereas other people were like, well, you know, I don't hate it. Like you can't hate something for being, you know, look going after money, which is true. Like that's, you know, the society we live in, but you're alienating your number one priority and that is the fans. And we saw that in how they you know, protested. They broke some people broke into stadiums. They can't, you know, postponed yeah. games. Like they were super pissed. And it wasn't until, you know, a few days after all that, that people went like, wow people are angry, you know, they open up Twitter, they open up Instagram and be like, wow, I would never have guessed this because, you know, they're separated. They're not, you know, looking like, like like you said, I'm a huge fan ever since they kind of, you know, the feel good story, they came up, they won the FA cup. Their owner was practically crying for the FA cup. Whereas, you know, a team, in, you know, for the Super League would just be like the owner wouldn't even show up for for that final. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, like, and it was just it was, it was it was straight savage the way they did the whole thing as well because the Juventus chairman uh, Andrea Agnelli, he is the godfather of uh, the UEFA the U- UEFA chairman. Uh, what is it, Seraphin? Some 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 guy, Serafin he is his daughter's godfather, and when 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 the UEFA chairman, whose daughter has has the Juventus president as his godfather, called him to say, "I've heard rumors of he, like literally Google this story; it is insane." He he calls him and says, "I've heard rumors that there's this Super League happening. Is, is there anything I should be worried about?" And Agnelli is like, "No, no, no. There's nothing you need to be worried about." And he went away, and then about uh two hours later the rumors got bigger and he called him back oh agnelli wouldn't take his calls he went radio silence and this is the day that they announced that remember all the clubs announced this press release at one time on a sunday night or something this was the sunday he was calling the event chairman's like should i be worried i've heard rumors about this he's like no no and obviously in the background because he stopped taking his calls he was like guys they're on us. we gotta drop this now we gotta drop this now and that's why they dropped on the Sunday night. And I'm like, you have to be stone cold to lie yeah. to your, to the to the father of your goddaughter. Like they're clearly friends, but I'm not sure they're friends anymore after that.
1: Yeah, the, the time they did, now that you mentioned timing, I was, I remember like London time it was, midnight on a sunday yeah it was was crazy (laughs) like this is insane i'm trying to go to sleep and this is what's happening on my phone now
2: (laughs) and it was like the crappiest little one pager with like the worst graphics or whatever
1: it had no information
0: but like it, it everyone was just like what like the people didn't think it was real people thought someone made it in photoshop yeah and then people were like oh well it's clearly rushed they clearly wanted to beat there's, like, rumors that there was a separate other league happening and they wanted to beat them to the punch so that they couldn't steal the... Th- like, so much was flying around. I, essentially, it sounds like it came from this story. <laughs> but, and like... It's like
2: if, you, if, if you were... Like, this is a multi-billion dollar thing. And uh, it seems like for a multi-billion dollar operation, you would like to think you have more things locked down. Like, you'd have your agreements in place... Everything about it just seemed rushed. It seemed tacky. It seemed like they hadn't fully thought through the like the extra teams, where they go, where they come from. They hadn't thought any of it through. They only had twelve of them signed up. PSG refused to sign up. Um, Bayern Munich refused. I'm ninety percent sure those were the rumors to the to the UEFA chairman went because he's tight with PSG and uh, and Bayern Munich. So they probably tipped him off that hey, we're getting pressured by the Super League. This might be happening pretty soon. Uh, uh,
1: interesting, that you bring up PSG. And I don't know if you might want to move on from the subject, uh, but uh, uh, there are put on your ten-point hats, folks. But there <laughs> is uh, there are reasons to believe that the reason that PSG did not sign on is that even though the money was technically being financed, uh, it was being financed by JP Morgan. It was actually UAE and Saudi owners of some of these teams that were hardcore pushing for this and the reason that PSG did not sign on to this is because PSG is owned by a Qatari emir, and Qatar and Saudis and UAE do not have good relations with each other so they did not want to be a part of a project as a brainchild of these people but that's just some you know tinfoil stuff that was le- floating around in reddit I don't know how much truth there is to that
2: I can see that. And like everyone's taking a hit from this. Like even, P- even, uh, you said JP Morgan. I think when this whole thing fell apart, their shares dipped like 5% on yeah. the news. Yeah. So it's like, funny because, like, how, you know, that didn't do all the research.
0: You know, Americans don't pay attention to, to soccer, but oh, JP Morgan messed up. Ah, oh, they got to pay. We got to sell their yeah. stock. Like, <laughs> So you guys talked about PSG. Uh, They did make it to the final of League One, uh, but they fell to Lille uh, with the support of Canadian Jonathan David, who's uh, becoming a superstar in his own right, uh, emerging from the shadow of Alfonso's Davies, or I guess coming up to the same level. Um, You know, Davies uh, uh, just really signed that contract and has really taken to helping Lille in his first year under that contract um, and this is kind of a, you know, Bayern Munich winning uh, the Bundesliga and winning the the Champions League the year before. Uh, do we see a rise in, finally in men's Canadian soccer? Is it finally time to actually celebrate the men's side? Uh, uh,
1: considering the conference that they're in, considering the fact that they're in North America and Caribbean conference, I would say yes, because their competition is not that high. There is Mexico, there is USA, uh, there is basically Jamaica, and every four or five years, there's a different Central American country that is the good one. Sometimes it's Costa Rica, sometimes it's Honduras, sometimes it's Nicaragua, but I, I I would say that they could Canada if they play their cards right they they have the the talent to be at, you know on the world stage for the next ten years at, at least by the time the World Cup comes around to be hosted in Canada I think w- we are in a good position to put on some good product out there.
2: Yeah, I think the the standard has really got better the last couple of years like. Davies was the first one. Now there's others following. I think a key thing will be to it didn't work out for it didn't work out for for everyone. Like, uh, remember the 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 USA wonder kid Freddie Adu when he went over to Europe, it was maybe too early. But I do think the next evolution will be get them to 17 18 and get them to Europe, um, where the quality of coaching is better, the quality of games are better, like MLS. For, for all it is, and I I used to enjoy being in Vancouver and going to watch a couple of games for the Whitecaps. My friend Kevin had had season tickets um, and I'd go and watch a couple of games. Standard was grim. like, um, And this was, what was this, like 2014, 15? Like, and it would be goalkeeper punts the ball up, it bounces in the midfield, it gets to a striker, he pokes it on and goes for a run. There was no triangles, there was no uh, go to the outside, poke up the ring, bring it back to the middle, out to the other side it was either punt and run or these 50 yard cross field diagonals from the right back to the left winger and it was it was, it was just horribly slow and technically not very good at all and I can't play football at all but I, I know when I'm watching it whether it's good or bad and it has got better but I think the next step would be to go to Europe because you could take the the Chelsea under 21 squad, the Liverpool under 21 squad, Arsenal United, probably any of the top six or seven under 21 squads in the Premier League. You take them over to, to the MLS. I guarantee you they'd be a top two, top three team. Like oh, just yeah. like 100 percent, like 100 like percent. Like the the technique is better, the the tactics are better, they're taught better. Um, so I think Canada's getting better. They've got some great talent. Uh, they've got some very fast players. Thirty million people in Canada. There's a there's a lot to draw from to get some good good players. Um, I just think it's it's a lot of it's it's like Arsene Wenger used to say. It's like it's the finishing. Like you 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 find a really raw player that's got all the skill and you show them, okay, hey, you've got this skill. If you do that, you'll be amazing. Uh, if you don't do that, you'll be average. So you do what you want to do. Um, so yeah, I think the next step would be get them to Europe. There's some good Canadians in Benfica. I, I want to say I think. Um, that went to, to, to Portugal, to the Portuguese league. So, yeah, the European finishing schools where it's going to be and get them there from 17 onwards. Uh, and then, yeah, you'll flourish. Do you think
0: the uh, creation of the Canadian Premier League will assist in that, getting more eyeballs on Canadian talent? Uh, because, like you said, it was, you know, there's been a, you know so so much going on with the nasl and the usl and just teams in canada than not and the mismanagement of those leagues and then you know they finally went let's just make our own league and you know we'll be obviously under the mls like we're not going to be that but you know getting more canadian talent out there to progress maybe be picked up by an mls team or you know a european team or uh you know a one of the lower league teams that potentially could, you know, rise up. Um, do you think that that's what they were going for in the creation of the Canadian Premier League?
2: I think so. I, I think that the creation of the Canadian Premier League is to bring up the average talent, to bring up the average level across the country. Um, playing, playing Canadians versus Canadians, you're going to get better. Um, than then, then not having league. Any league is better than no league. It'll bring up the average talent. It probably won't allow the the, the elites to, to thrive, like your you're really good players. They'll want to, at some point, push on against better talent. Um, but it will bring up the average, and it will allow you to see who the elites are and better separate them out. And get that could be a good feeder system for some of the MLS teams or for some of the European teams. Um so it'll, it'll bring up the average, the average talent level. I don't think it'll, it'll make any of the elites excel against the, the international um, as much as other, other places will, but it'll definitely help your overall um, structure of, of Canadian football for sure.
1: Yeah, it, it will definitely help, but I, I do still think that there is, uh, there's a lot to be done in terms of marketing for the sport as a whole uh in north america uh, I, I still feel like it's quite niche uh and uh, uh I, I guess it is in the best position it could be right now the fact that it's in the summertime and the only other sport or summer and fall and the only other sport he has to compete with is baseball uh that helps it a lot but even with that it's not popular when cfl
2: I, back though when cfl back is it back in the summer as well or is it a summer sport? It's late it, summer, right? It starts yeah, late it summer. usually yeah. starts
0: around, they like to start games around Canada Day and then yeah. lead into yeah. November.
2: Yeah, so I'm like, it, it, it's in a good spot, but like football or soccer traditionally is like the fourth sport in Canada. You've got like, you've got your you've got your ice hockey, then you've got the Raptors, then you got the Blue Jays, and then you're really going between soccer and CFL for which is the sort of fourth sport. Um, so it'll help, it'll help raise the profile of that. And, and like, like, like Custer said, playing in the summer when there's less competition, there's no, there's no NHL. Um, there's no NBA. You have, M- you have M- MLB, but really the fans that are going for MLB are probably not the same fans that are going to go for, uh, go for, for soccer. Are
1: and, we, um, And am one,
2: uh, sorry, go
0: ahead. Uh, I was just going to, so, you know, Castro, you were around for when Vince Carter was, you know, at the height of his popularity in Canada, like Vince Sanity and, you know, we saw now Canadian basketball has kind of risen up all these players, you know, Jamal Murray, Andrew Wiggins, uh, because they saw Vince Carter play. Do you think maybe that players like Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, we can kind of have not to the same extent because it's not, they're not playing on a Canadian team, but like we, we can kind of have that same effect on
1: soccer Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. It's like having someone that uh, the world, uh, you know, the, the world-class players that you you can be proud of saying, "Yeah, this is a Canadian soccer player." People can't people can't dunk on Canadian soccer as easily because you can just say, "We got Jonathan David, we got B, we got uh, Davies, these high-quality players." That definitely helps. But uh, uh, I just this is a personal opinion. I do feel like if um, if we try to tie it a bit more into a nationalistic thing, the sport into a nationalistic thing, uh, by bringing teams of the status of Vancouver Whitecaps, the Mon- uh, Montreal Impact, somewhere my...
0: Montreal Football Club. Montreal this... Football
1: Club, yeah. Okay. Uh, 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 the Toronto FC. If, if If we actually create a Canadian League with those teams in it, and then there is the... A North American Champions League equivalent, where they the best of Canada compete with the best of America and Mexico. I feel like that will help the game more in each individual country, rather than as compared to the system that we have in place right now. Because it 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 will make it feel slightly uh, more of a national pride thing rather than a city pride thing. I don't I don't know. Yeah, that because that's what's that's what's working in Europe. That's what so I feel like that's the model we should emulate in Canada.
0: I, I think well they, they have the 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 Champions League. They've kind of rebranded it now. So there's like different ones and there's the Canadian Championship where you know the smaller clubs from you know Hamilton, like Forge FC, uh, you know, Atletico, Ottawa. Um I'm trying to there's so many limited teams uh, that I care about in the CPL, but uh, you know, they, they eventually move up and then the kind of the, the winner of those would play uh, the TFC, the Montreal, the Vancouver. And every now and then, you know, they make a splash, but it's usually a TFC, Montreal, Vancouver, make it to the, you know, Concafa champions league. And a few times, you know, TFC and Montreal have made it to the finals and just fallen to usually a Mexico side. You know, the Tigres is usually who they fall to and they never make it to that, you know, club again, Super League or club championship uh, from around the world. Um, So I think they're kind of laying the groundwork for down the road for it to become something like that. But it's going to take time and they they need the fans to care. And I think coming out of the pandemic, no, yeah, I think coming yeah, I out of the pandemic will will really be a telling if people latch on to new things because they've missed so much, or will we go back to what people cared about and didn't care about?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I was going to say another thing that's naturally going to help Canada in this process, the same way that it helped the states grow their sport, was immigration, uh, as people move from countries where. Uh, football matters more the yep. same way that uh, the Mexican diaspora helped the game grow in the States by having like three different teams in LA one of them which was just like a the team for Mexicans that live in LA yeah, so I feel like things like that it, it, it will the game will grow in Canada but it probably won't happen in the next 10 to 20 years to, to a level that quality is so high that people around the world would care about it <laughs>
2: And I think the, the other thing that they need as well is they need to have, you need, uh, similar to what Cass says, you need that national pride element to it. It needs to be, you need to grow it into the sport that people care about. Uh, I, I equate that to Wales. Like Wales had Ryan Giggs, amazing player. Uh, one of the best players in the Premier League one of the best players in Europe on, uh, at that time. Horrible
1: human being. Horrible human being. I was to say, horrible human being.
2: We're not talking about that, him <laughs> and his brother and his wife, his brother's wife, whatever. But horrible human being, amazing player. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that didn't grow the game in Wales because Wales's main sport is rugby. They yep. care about rugby intensely. They didn't really care about football as much. Um, and then now they've got Gareth Bale again, Win, lose, or draw, Madrid. I don't get them. I don't understand why they don't like him. He's he won them more Champions Leagues than Ronaldo did because he scored the winning goals. Uh, Ronaldo scored the what the three-one goal and took his shirt off after Bale scored (laughs) the first and second. So it's like eh, he didn't win that. You scored it. You scored. He scored the game-winning goals. You just scored a fancy goal at the end. So I'm like, I don't get why they don't like him, but he is a phenomenal. Even taught them like. I didn't realize how many game, how many goals he scored for them. It was a lot. It was like twenty goals in half a year, or whatever. And he's out injured twice, so I'm like, nothing to be sniffed at. Um, but again, that doesn't really drive it in Wales because they prefer rugby, so it's it's yeah. not their main main thing. And I I just worry that that's what you may end up getting in Canada, where it's like, yeah, Alfonso Davis uh, and the other guy, they're they're doing fantastic. Yeah, but Sidney Crosby, man, and, and Connor McDavid, and, yeah. and Mitch Marner, uh, that, that's, that's where it's at right there. So you've got to compete against that.
1: And, so it, and that's the thing. In, in Canada, hockey in particular matters. So like, it's, that, yeah. it's our sport. So it's going to be hard for any other sport, not even just soccer, any other sport, to reach a level of the national passion that that sport reaches. Yeah.
0: I will say, you know, it's a uh, a yearly pastime, uh, you know, this year, especially having the Canadian division for hockey, everyone was so I hyped. Love that
2: That was so fun. Um, I, I, I re- kind of hope they keep it for a while.
0: I recently listened to a podcast where they talked and they were just like, oh yeah, I'm tired of it. I'm like, what have you been watching? But, <sighs> but, you know, the yearly pastime that Toronto eliminated, you know, everyone's, you know, burned the city down. No one knows what to do. I do sympathize for Leaf fans. Those regular listeners, you know, Alvaro is still, <laughs> uh, you know, weeping in a corner. We, uh, we, we say our condolences. <laughs> um, but I... it's, I, I think that soccer is, I hear about soccer in the, the main media. I guess it depends what media you follow, but they are talking about these players and, you know, Canada's in the midst of a World Cup qualification. And even during NHL playoffs, they're still talking about it and not like the last, you know, 30 seconds of the program or, you know, a, a sentence at the end of the report. So I, I do think we're it's growing. Uh, but like you said, yeah, uh, you know, it it's never in our lifetime. I imagine it's never going to eclipse what hockey is right now. Yeah. And that's yeah, okay. I mean,
2: it, that, it, it's that, that, tough when that's the national identity. Like it, it, really is. Like everyone, everyone knows the golden goal. They've they've seen it all. The the, the miracle on ice. It's it, yeah. it's wrapped up in Canadian culture.
1: This now, could I've, all change, by the way. The same way that soccer changed in America in their World Cup is yeah. once Canada holds the World Cup. If Canada does make a deep run, if they make it to a knockout round, even that's that's going to help the game immensely. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's the thing. So, you know, uh, there's all this young talent, everyone's talking about like, Oh, 2026, when it's here in North America, like that's what our target is. And I know people at, I I personally know people at soccer Canada who are kind of like, you know, they're trying to make a run for 2022, like to sneakily, like exceed expectations to try and drum up that support for four years later uh, when it is held in North America. So instead of just people getting hyped for world cup and then when it's over, it's like, Oh, yeah, cool. Um, What else is on? They want that. Oh, you know, we made it to 2022. Can we, you know, go further in 2026? Yeah. And that's so many times during qualification and America's even, you know, they didn't qualify for the Olympics. They didn't qualify for the last world cup. And if you watch any, you know, ESPN soccer coverage, like it's like the, just like Toronto, the sky is falling. What are we doing wrong? Like we're America. How are we not qualifying for the world cup? Like our competition is Mexico. How are we allowing this? Well, it's almost like their fault. And you know, Canadian soccer, they have probably their biggest world cup qualifier coming up on a Wednesday uh, because they're tied for first in their, uh their group and only the top uh group leader move on so you know flashbacks to when all they had to do was tie honduras and they lost seven to one
1: yeah so like we
0: canada has been burned before so i think this game coming up is going to be huge
1: uh to see i mean if you actually if you cannot if you cannot beat Suriname. I'm sorry. I, I looked at the lineup of that country compared to <laughs> Canada. Their best player is a 27-year-old guy that's a backup in Feyenoord. Yeah. Come on. If you can't, if you can't pass that stage. And see, that's the thing. Know, like,
0: I, I, I'm a fan, but I like I, I go, oh, like I, I didn't you know know the standing. I just knew Canada had, you know, beaten Cayman Islands, Aruba, Bermuda. So I was like, oh cool. Like looking at the standings, I went like, oh crap, we're tied, like And you just get those flashbacks, like, like, yeah, Yeah. you know, we got to win, like, but like, are we gonna win?
1: This this stage of the qualifications, are I feel like they're gonna pass. I I even feel like they're I think they're playing the winner of the group E, which is gonna be Honduras. I think Canada has the talent to beat Honduras. Unfortunately, in the final round, I think the top three spots are going to be Mexico, USA, Jamaica, and that fourth spot is up uh for the intercontinental playoff that's where canada if they have if they're going to make it i think that's where it's going to fall in and uh the biggest competition is going to be like costa rica which is a team that's made it to the world cup multiple times previously so it's going to be a tough one
2: but the the us confuses me greatly about football like (laughs) they they had the world cup they had a decent run in it it really started to kick off and similar to what i was saying earlier about like the standard um wasn't great um like the the the, the teams wasn't great but then they had a couple of players went to europe and they started to get a little bit better but you have a population of 300 and something million people like you should have a lot better of a team than that yeah you, you, you yeah. like that's it's like uh, a it, china it, and india scenario right like india well, is terrible at soccer and to have yeah, a billion it's, people it's it's like i wonder like um like England, like they struggled against San Marino in a game. Where they they drew. It, I want to say, I'm pretty sure they drew it against Gibraltar, and the the goalkeeper for Gibraltar was like the local postman. Because Gibraltar <laughs> like a Gibraltar has a population of like fifty thousand or something like that, and yeah. similar to Iceland. Like Iceland made a deep run at the World Cup for them, and their population is a hundred thousand. like I'm such an Iceland
0: like, fan because of that run. Like
2: their coach yeah, it's was like a like dentist. It's less than, like. Yeah, it, they're, they're, their entire country's population is less than a quarter of London. Yeah. yeah. Um, Easy, and, yeah. And, and they get 11 people that are high level. And I'm like, Britain's got like 40, 50 million. I'm like, you should have better people. Yeah. But it's like you say, it's talent identification. And it's, it's, it's the, finding out what the country thinks is their main sport. In the USA, they have so many people. They should be really, really good. But they care about NFL. They care about baseball. They care about the NBA. Um, you get a young kid at 16. It's like, what do you want to be? Do you want to be... Uh, What's the big American? Clinton something? or Donovan? Right
1: Donovan. Donovan? Yeah,
2: yeah oh, Donovan.
0: Are cl- oh, you thinking of, like, Clint Dempsey,
1: Landon Donovan? Clint Dempsey, yeah, 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 there you go.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey. You get you get a kid, do you want to be a Clint Dempsey or a Landon Donovan or do you want to be a LeBron James or, or a Kyrie? It's like, I want to be a Kyrie. I want to make, like, $80 million not two or whatever. Yeah. So it's it's just the the money's not there for even golf's getting more people than soccer in America right now because the money's just
1: crazy.
0: And yeah. here in Canada, anyways, and the United States, the women have outperformed immensely uh, year after year for decades now, and I think at least for the American women, it was hosting the World Cup in. 94, yeah, and uh, you know, winning that dramatic penalty kick, and you know, we we have our own, you know, Christine Sinclair, the the most goal scorer in women's history. Um, now you know, this is it's almost like the you know the new regime, at least for Canadian women's soccer, is coming up. We you know the Jordans, the the Jesse Flemings, the you know, we have a young solid core now and, you know, the old veterans are slowly going away. You know, the Christina, the um, oh, I'm blanking on all their names. I can picture them, but like they've been a staple for Canadian soccer for since the year 2000, it almost seems like this and, you know, the next world cup, uh, at least for Christine Sinclair is like the last bit. Uh, maybe she's got more in the tank. I have no idea. Uh, she's been around for so long. I don't know. She's still playing at a high level. Um, but like, do you think this is the year, the Olympics? It's like the Olympics for for the women and the World Cup are their two big tournaments. Do you think this is the year we finally get over the hump and you know beat the U.S. We we should have beat them in London, uh, except for that bogus six-second goalkeeper stupidness. We we had that game uh and then you know we fell to them again winning bronze like that uh, i was i was driving my car and i was like intensely listening to the radio listening to the game and i almost drove off the road
2: no one ever gets called for that as well
0: exactly like it, like there are
2: I, so many premier league keepers that hold it for more than six seconds and no one and it's it's the same as it's the same as the the one that always gets me is like the stealing 20 yards on a throw-in it's like no, it was like near the corner flag, not near the halfway line. And they run up and they pause and they run up and they pause. and They run up and they throw. And I'm like, get back, get back now. But no one ever calls that. And I, I remember that as well. I was like, oh, that's a big game to call a six-second for.
0: And it obviously, you know, you, you there's so many excuses, but there there are calls that take the wind out of the sails. You know, the New Orleans Saints where they had pass interference um, and, you know, whatever oh they had a chance to win the game but there if you've ever played a game a sport you know there are calls that just take everything out of you and you have to regroup and there's just really no way to come back from that and that clearly was was that do is this the time that we can finally get over the hump and beat and you know win gold beat the united states it'd be even sweeter if you beat the united states on your way but um, you know they seem to be the to the Toronto Raptors the LeBron James of soccer you can't get past him until he leaves and then oh look you win a championship uh is this is this the time that other countries catch up uh, against the the women's national team
2: i don't... I don't know. I think this is this is a good year for them. Uh, I literally just on Wikipedia there looking up uh, Christine Sinclair's stats. Sweet Lord, nearly 297 caps, 186 goals. It's a hell of a record. It,
0: she's. I, I. I would love to meet that is, her. Like that is she's just a hell just, of a record. She's just an amazing athlete. Just. And well, this
2: has to be her one of her last hurrahs. She's 36 it, now. 30, no, 37.
0: Exactly this yeah. and the the World Cup I believe got pushed to next year. It was supposed to be here, yeah. so like you, you have that on the horizon. As long as you can do it, I I mean you you could do. You've got to go all for it, yeah. So like, and you know other teams. You know, uh, I I got to. I was fortunate enough to see the Americans play in 2015 in a quarterfinal game, and just like they were on another level compared to everyone else, mm-hmm. and just. I think they're, you know, they're, they're, you know, Abby Wambachs and uh, the, their core has, you know, gotten older and, you know, seem to be close to just like Christine Sinclair, almost, uh, you know, ready to retire or not play, be able to play at uh, that high level. And I've seen other, you know, they lost uh, the last world cup. the the Americans did to uh, uh, Japan So like, is, is there rain as just like the, oh, you're the LeBron James of women's soccer, you know, how it's going to be really hard to compete. Is it, is it time or is it like, you know, Canadian, uh, is it like the hockey, the, you know, it was always American and, and Canadians in the finals have other countries caught up?
2: I think other countries have definitely caught up, um, definitely got stronger but it's close. It'll be a good one.
1: To be honest, uh, my 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 knowledge of women's uh, football is very limited. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I can't really chime in on this one. I I'll 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 watch it when it's on TV, but I don't know the name of players or the...
2: I follow I I follow a couple of I I follow the Arsenal Ladies team. Um I love them they're they're doing way better than the men's team are right now. Um and I follow a couple of the Canadian players that that have made the trek to Europe like the the what's the new uh superstar uh Jordan Huitman. Yeah. Uh she's like what 20 years old, 19? Mm-hmm. Is she go uh, in a place for Leon? Uh no, uh PSG. Yes, no, Um I yeah. believe
0: uh uh Credit, uh, I'm gonna Buchanan is her last name. She plays for for Lyon over in okay. uh Kurdisha, I think. Yeah, it's her first name, but yeah, she's an amazing defender. Like, she, she's really the the captain of the backstop for the women's team for sure. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, Kredisha, Buchanan, yeah, Kredisha, yeah. I, I'm super excited for uh, I mean, it's a, a major tournament. Uh, it's a chance for the you know women to to show that uh, they can you know they're still a lot better than the boys and <laughs> but uh, s- speaking of international tournaments the reason why you've all tuned in uh, the mini World Cup as they call it uh, the Euros just like the Olympics uh, they're still calling it the Euro twenty uh, twenty Eurocentric. <laughs> In 20 years, people are going to be confused why the Euros were called Euro 2020 and the Olympics were called Tokyo 2020 when they weren't played or took part in that year. But uh, that's for the future. Sit around the fireplace and tell stories about how we uh, we uh, survived Survived, so far. Yeah. (laughs) Um, going into or first off, how excited are you guys for? the euros are you j- just excited for a major international tournament uh or do the euros genuinely excite you
2: uh genuinely excite me i i really i prefer the euros um to the world cup truthfully um i just think a lot of the matches are closer um especially in the group stages uh you go to the world cup and you get like your argentina's versus your Chad or Papua New Guinea or whatever, and it's like nine one eight two. You get a lot of you get a lot of blowouts. Um, so I always find the the Euro, Euros are a lot closer. You don't get as many blowouts.
1: I, I know you were just looking looking for a ridiculous example, but the day that I see Papua New
2: Guinea in the World Cup. Well,
1: that's, yeah, <laughs> that's,
2: that's that's one. Who was it? There was one they beat them like 9-0. Was it Japan or something? It's like. Brazil Japan Argentina uh, Japan
1: port- there, was, there were a couple of lopsided ones there was Germany beating Saudi Arabia 6-0 there was yeah. Portugal beating North Korea 7-1 Uh yeah, yeah they they're, they're def- I I see where yeah. you're coming from because I mean you you Euro-
2: also you also get the semifinals Brazil versus Germany which is a blow as yeah. well yeah. but the, in the in the group stages as well you get a lot of really lopsided ones and I just yeah. I don't I don't see that as much and I just think that leads to a lot closer groups where you can have and you historically have had big teams not make it out of the groups um, before. So I, I really think that's going to be pretty good.
1: Yeah, because like teams like the San Marino or Luxembourg, those teams are filtered out qualification level so they don't make it to the actual competition. Yeah, I see where you're coming from.
2: And I suppose what we'll get to when we go through the groups, but like... There is a legit group of death in this oh, yeah, European yeah. The European Championships, yeah. and I was like always a
0: group of death. I I,
2: I but be, I believe the winner is in the group of death. I firmly do, but I'm like one of the big. I would if you put them in any other group, I would put three of these teams in the top four, top six teams easily, and yeah, one of them is probably going to go out. So
0: yeah, and yeah, so much has changed. You know, we added an extra year, so it's been five years since the last one. Portugal finally, you know, Ronaldo, injuring the the crying the the you know he finally wins a tournament. He hops around and uh, relying on his supporting cast because he did get injured. Uh, I, I guess legitimately, not you know kind of. Um, you know, we had an Iceland upstart Iceland team. Uh, Make it to the Euros last time. Didn't qualify this time. Uh, The French uh, were just two years too early. You know, winning uh, the World Cup later on. Uh, It's just their storylines. Are there any storylines? Or are we just kind of... uh, I personally don't know of any major storylines going into this year other than like what the tournament has given us. Like a group of death. The new debut teams, Uh, but uh, there's no uh,
1: other than they were. There are two. There are two. Okay, yeah. The main one is, uh, as they say here, football's coming home because uh, the Uh, finals is in in England. And are they still?
0: Is is that the plan to still have so many different countries? Yeah, Yeah, I I know. I know. Over in Europe, it's a, a lot different than here in North America. But I know there was some talk, like maybe we'll scale it down to like eight or you know, just four. Um, but they they're still going ahead with the...
1: Uh... they're going in the group stages, they're going with it being all over the place. I feel like uh if another because like for example, they had the Champions League final that was supposed to take place in Turkey, but at, at two weeks before it, it was very clear that Turkey's and not the right place to be. Their numbers were going up. Their vaccination is not good there. So they quickly made the decision. And they, my understanding is that they have backup plans for each place. So if something yeah. falls through, there's a country to go through. But that is, as it stands, they're going to have it the way that they planned. And the United Kingdom is the best in Europe for vaccination. And yeah. so I feel like the finals will be held here. Uh, As for people being able to travel in to watch it, that might not happen, uh, depending on what the cases are. Uh, But yeah, that's that's one thing to keep in mind is if if England wins it at home after this whole pandemic crap with a
2: really good young team as well. Yeah, they have a lot of really exciting players, and like they've had the fancy golden generation of all the superstars, and now I think they're just going for legit athletes, good good defendable players not going for the big names just they've got a couple of big names but just really good players they had already had a bad injury though which which kind of sucks um, one of their best uh, defenders is already out I
1: think got Ben White it's fine Ben White is a I'm, I'm a Brighton fan that guy is has been surprising me I would have not believed them being called up at the beginning of the season and he's made it to the squad so I think yeah definitely England's got a good young squad uh but yeah the the second the second storyline that is being talked about at least here is everyone's waiting anticipating the i guess the swan song the collapse whatever you want to call of germany uh under Joachim Lau. uh as as you said the group of death and i feel like if one team is going to die in the group of death it will be germany uh it's yeah the writing's on the wall you think the
2: germany groups the
1: group of death yeah, that's, I mean, they got... Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. France, Germany, France, Portugal, Germany,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so uh, you no, you're let's, right.
0: Let's get into that group of death. France, Germany, Hungary, Portugal. Uh, I mean, I kind of feel bad for Hungary. They're like the... <laughs> the yeah, one they're, that on, doesn't they're on a fit hype in, to but... nothing, as they say. <laughs> yeah, they're just happy to be here, you know? No. Um, but, yeah is it a coin toss for the other three matches or, or is it really going to be, you know, can Germany actually like the, yeah, they're, they're on their, their rebuild stage, as we say here in North America. Yeah. Uh, does it turn into a group of death or is it, you know, Germany is just that name everyone hears and goes like, Oh yeah, Germany. And then they watch them play and they go, Oh, Germany. Okay. Yeah.
2: No, I, I actually have Germany ahead of Portugal. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I have. Uh, I have. I have France, Germany, Portugal, Hungary. Um, I don't know. I just. I. I don't. Ronaldo's getting old. Not I love it. Hot takes. All, All day, hot, hot takes. Here we Steven go. Even hot takes. He's. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I. I can't see. It it being the one man show like it was last time pre before his injury. I think he's going to need a lot of backup. And I Germany's definitely in a rebuild 100%, but they have some strong young talent they always have. Um I want to say Marcus Roos is back again, not injured for the first time in a long time. Um but yeah, I they've a lot of young talent that that's really exciting. So I'll give I'll give them the benefit of that on that one. That they'll they'll get past Portugal.
1: I, I agree. I agree with you on the fact that Ronaldo is probably past his prime. He's on his way down, but that the rest of the squad, I still feel like they're strong enough. Like Bruno Fernandez won the EPL Player of the Year. That's he's on their team. Diogo Jota, the star in Liverpool. Uh, got Pepe. You got Hua Felix. You got uh, Neves. I, I mean, I, re- I respect your opinion, but I. I I yeah. respectfully disagree with it.
2: Too. I'll, I'll <laughs> counter that though with the mere can Serge Gnabry. He had a stellar year for Bayern Munich. Uh, T- Tony Cruz gets it done repeatedly. Okay. Uh, Thomas Muller, he's still got it. I'm not worried about that. And then, yeah, you got like Timo Werner had not a great year for Chelsea, but he gets it done for Germany. And then you got the Kia Havates guy. So I'd stack that up against it. And then Yeah, you got Manuel Neuer. I'm hoping they've got Bernd Leno here for Arsenal, but he's not going to start because he's been pretty horrible. But uh, Manuel Neuer, he's, yeah, no, solid. Defenses where Germany is not great. Like they've got an old Matt Hummels um, and they've got the, uh, what's the, Klosterman or whatever. He's pretty all right. Uh, Antonio Rudiger from Chelsea? No. Um, Okay, you might be talking me around here, actually. Their defense is not as good as I thought it was. (laughs) gonna feel the forwards though,
1: and they got a coach on his way out, so the vibes is kind of weird. Everyone knows he's leaving. It's not even a matter of if he performs well after this tournament. It's already been agreed that he's leaving. So I feel like that kind of affects the team's chemistry. If you know, this is your last yeah. one,
2: so yeah, it could be win it for him though. There's always that mentality.
1: But but something People. we both agree on is that France is going to France is going <laughs> to win. France, yeah, France yeah. is going to win that
2: group, 100. Uh, yeah. percent Unless something tragic happens, but they just, they're such a strong team.
0: Well, I mean, we might as well get into it. So uh, we'll start, I guess, work our way bottom to top. So group F, group of death. Uh, I mean, I think across the board, we all have France winning at. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I don't know about Portugal anymore. Like they were always talked about with, you know, because Ronaldo and, But I I just don't – I'm not wowed by them. Uh, I guess I never really have been, but they don't wow me. So I I can see Germany squeaking. I can see it coming down to, uh, you know, depending on how it plays out. I know France plays Germany first. Um, So the Germany-Portugal game, so their second match, that I think will be the decider on – that's not really a a hot take or a profound – analysis oh this game's really going to determine who goes for obviously of course it does but um i I think that that one you know looking back if if, even if it's a tie that could you know play ramifications you know goals score that uh, whatever happens in that match is really going to set the tone for those two teams So yeah, so that's that's the group of death. Um, group E, we have Poland, Slovakia, Spain, and Sweden. Uh, I like Poland. Uh, I've always had a soft spot ever since the 2002 World Cup. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I've learned to hate Spain because of that that uh, that treble in those uh, you know 2008 to 2012. Uh, the, you know they're the they were the New England Patriots of international soccer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you just uh, uh, and I you know I kind of like Sweden. How can you not? Uh, you can't go against Latan. So I mean, even if he's not playing, you can't still go against him. You come to your house <laughs> yeah. and he does something. So uh, I'll put it out, ha-
1: I'll, haunting you.
0: Exactly. I'll like, put it out I, I on I like, the I... internet. You know Sweden will uh, go ahead and uh, I mean Zlatan, you're always welcome at my house. Uh, I'm sure you already know where I live because uh, you know everything. Uh, but Do you guys do you guys think Slovakia or Spain can
2: progress? I I think I I have I have Spain one, Poland two, Sweden three here. Uh, I like I like I like Poland a lot. I like their goalkeepers. Um, Slovakia, I don't. Really think they've got that much of a team, so yeah, I have Sweden one, and then Poland two, and Sweden uh, or sorry, Spain one, Poland two, Sweden three. But uh, two and three will be close. Poland Sweden could be a great game, like that. Uh, that could be the game of the of the of the group actually. To decide um, that one for me,
1: for me, I, I, I feel like Poland has uh, a better squad than Sweden, but. I have, as just like Justin, I kind of have a soft spot for Poland. And one thing is, if you have a soft spot for Poland, is that you know that their national team is kind of cursed. Yeah. <laughs> they, they always like, they always fail in international tournaments. Last World Cup was extremely underwhelming. And when I was just looking at their last few matches uh, leading up to this, Heroes, is that it, the only game that they won in the past four was against Andorra. Uh, they had a tie against Hungary, a Hungary that was playing with 10 men and then the two games they had against real teams the Netherlands and Italy, they lost both. So when you compare that to Sweden who's had a tie and a win in the past four against real teams, I feel like Sweden might squeeze squeeze in but I you know I don't have a strong opinion. It, it's a toss-up between Poland and Sweden, but I, I'm, my money is on Sweden if I had to bet just because of the curse. yeah.
0: So Group D, we have Croatia, Czech Republic, uh, England and Scotland, which I think is going to be a very, uh, you know, touted match uh, just because of, you know, that rivalry. I'm sure everything's going to shut down in London on that day. Uh, uh, are you planning on going or are you able to go to any matches, Kastorella?
1: Uh To the matches themselves, it. it... Any football match just seems too complicated right now to try to get tickets for, which I didn't bother. But uh, I definitely will be booking tables at a pub for uh, uh, the Scotland game and the Croatia game because I'm actually on vacation for both of those. So You hear that, North America?
0: He can go to a pub and watch the game. (laughs) So get vaccinated, please. I would like to do that.
1: Actually, I... You guys can't I, watch games at pubs right
0: now? Well, so nope. at, at least here in, uh, I, I don't think in Ottawa, like you, you can at all. Um, in Saskatchewan here, uh, we, we seem to be ahead of everyone. So restaurants have opened. Uh, and on June the 20th, there'll be no table capacity. Because right now there's a capacity of how many people per seat. But on July 11th, as long as we reach the threshold. Uh, all restrictions, including uh, how many capacity for people, crowds, masks even, could be lifted by July 11th. So I could theoretically, I'm not saying I'm going to because I am still a little weary, but could be able to go maskless into a restaurant or a pub and with as many people as who wants,
2: watch the final. Okay. In theory, we'll yeah, see how that uh... goes. That will not happen in Ontario. We will <laughs> uh, get old Dougie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, as, as, as per predictions for for the group, um, what do I what did I have written down here? Uh, yeah, so obviously I got England finishing up top. Uh, I had Croatia finishing second uh, just because of the talent on the squad Uh, but they've been a bit hit and miss recently for their international matches so Scotland has a chance and I actually because I don't know if you noticed but uh, the four four best third teams from each group qualifies I think this group is going to be the one that has a third team because I think everyone's going to spank Czech Republic so the goal difference is going to be enough that the third team from this group will qualify to the next round
2: oh that's a hot take right there I what, Czech I, Czech I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't
0: hate it. I don't hate it.
2: <laughs> they've. They've got a decent team. That I, I have. Them <laughs> as one of my dark horses. Oh, I have. Okay. I have. I have Scotland as my team. Unfortunately, getting the hiding. Um, okay. I would. I would like Scotland to to make it in the third position there, but uh, but you know, I I have Czech Republic uh coming third there. And okay. I even have I. I could see a world where the Czech Republic come out second ahead of Croatia as well.
1: Oh wow! Okay,
2: I I, I could see that.
1: Yeah, maybe I'm playing it too. I'm, I'm playing it maybe too safe to based on the betting markets and such.
2: <laughs> but, I, I, but yeah, Croatia were runners up the World Cup.
1: Yeah.
2: How have they been since then?
0: That's the that's the thing. Since the World Cup and I mean we've been
2: And two that was years. a hell of a run though. That was That yeah, was. was three years actually, yeah. So you like know They
1: tied them last their last friendly was against Armenia they tied one one. Like
2: Yeah, but that, like um the their big players, uh Manzuk and Ratatic, they've retired though, right?
1: yeah uh,
2: yeah, 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 they have you're right, you're yeah. right. They still got Modric, but yeah, yeah. Yeah yeah he's 30 he's 36 though yeah. no 35 or 36 one of them i don't know uh i can see a world where they don't do great <laughs> okay so i'm gonna need to write these down now and see where <laughs> i actually finish my prediction well that's <laughs> what I'm doing. i do i
0: i always forget any any episode we've done where we've done i have to at the end of it i like to do a recap so we'll definitely have to do a recap after the tournament and i always have to yeah. i'm like oh, i'm gonna write it down i never do and so i have to go back and listen painstakingly try and fast forward Oh, i went too far and like write down so
2: i bought a, bo- a bottle of wine to the person that gets the the, the rankings the closest I-, okay. I like
0: it we'll have yeah <laughs> So in group C we have our first newcomer North Macedonia so they're in it with Ukraine, Netherlands and Austria. Um are they going to be nice to North Macedonia and just welcome them with open arms or are they going to kick the living no. crap out of them?
2: This Although is I... the fairy tale of the tournament, I guarantee it. They they F- have F- been F- doing my money fairly well. here.
0: They have been doing fairly well in 2022 World Cup qualifying. So like they're not yeah. as bad as people think because they've a lot of people have never heard of north macedonia so uh is this kind of netherlands one and battle it out for the rest
2: In uh i would say yes uh well it depends what holland you get holland netherlands which one do you get do you get the skilled team or do you get the team that comes and decides they all hit each other after a week of training and then just want to fight? They've done it at every single tournament. They they arrive within a week. Van Persie was going at, at somebody, or Edgar Davids used to go at somebody. And they just they hit each other within two weeks, and they fall apart spectacularly. It's kind of been their MO for the last 30, 40 years. Um, so I don't know what, 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 what Netherlands you're going to get. I would, on skill wise, I would put them number one. Ukraine number two, Austria three, Macedonia four. But if there's any sort of unease in the camp, I'd go Ukraine one.
1: Yeah, that's 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 what I had. I had uh, Ukraine one, and from what from what I understand, at least based on Reddit soccer, is that there is some unrest in the Netherlands yeah, camp. There always so is. I, they, yeah, I have not going second. You've Austria three then, yeah. Austria three. I, I don't I don't think Macedonia.
2: Sorry, North I would love Macedonia. it. I would love it if they get a win. I just I would love it if they get a yeah. win. That would what, be pretty. Smart. Like,
0: and you know, a team like that is always the one that like throws a foil in everything.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: Like, if they get a win against or even a tie against like Netherlands or something like that, like it's gonna throw everyone in a tizzy people are going to complain that they're like brackets or like standings are like over.
2: Yeah. Well, you you're 100% right. Like you'd, you'd think their best chance a win would be Austria. Mm-hmm. But if they beat Netherlands, then Netherlands wouldn't finish number 1. And if they beat Ukraine, so any any team other than Austria throws the group wide open. And well, they that's... did beat
1: Germany in the World Cup qualifiers that was 3 true. months ago.
2: 2-1, two, two, yeah, that was a good win. Yeah. Oh. So and I mean, I always, I, this could be a great. This could be a fun group. This could be a fun
0: yeah. group. There's there's always a de- group of death and always a fun group. Uh, oh jeez, I remember the World Cup in or no the Euros. Oh, was, uh, Euros in 2014. Everyone was Spain. You know Spain's gonna cruise on. Uh, and I was uh, that was it Netherlands Spain or something. Uh, I think it was the the, um, uh, the flying header goal. Was that in the world cup or, uh, I forget. I remember I was at work and we had all the games on cause no one was coming in the store. Uh, so a great time to work in an electronics store. <laughs> uh, and just like, uh, a friend, <laughs> every who, TV screen every has a game going exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> those are, those are good years, you know? Uh, but, uh, we had every game on It's just, just telling everyone, telling me I'm wrong. Who's working there and just watching it happen, watching their face. I was like, I told you, I had a feeling. It's one of the, it was one of those gut feelings. I had no stats to, you know, nothing to back me up other than I had a gut feeling that this was going to happen. And you know, if if I had the you know the betting chops that I did today, I maybe I wouldn't have such a high student loan, but. I, I think this is going to be the, the fun group out of the tournament. Yeah. I think it could be. So Group B, uh, our other first time uh, in the tournament, Finland, uh, joining Denmark, Belgium, and Russia. Are they allowed to be called Russia, or is that just like certain sports now?
1: No, no, they're Russia. Yeah. Yeah. They're it's only okay. Olympics, that they're not Russia.
0: I thought yeah. in the World Hockey Championships they called them the the whatever their acronym is, but USSR. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the only other acronym they can go by, USSR. Um, the, art- the artists formerly known yes. as Russia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is uh, this, I-, I assume we all have Belgium one and yeah, Denmark Belgium. two. Or am I reading too hard into
2: Denmark? No, I. <sighs> I, I, might have Russia too. Yeah, I've Belgium won, Russia two, Denmark and Finland. They're very close. Well,
1: I, I the thing is like Denmark ha, definitely has a better squad. Uh, when I look at their players, they got a lot of talented players. Uh, a lot of expensive play. They got Ericsson, for God's sakes. Like, I, I can't even name Russia's best player. But uh, the thing I got to give Russia is what we learned from the World Cup is that they got home field advantage for some of these matches. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think because of that, they might. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Denmark finishes second because the, on paper, they have a better team.
2: Yeah. Russia's best player is probably the Golovin. He's pretty good. Uh, he plays for Monaco,
1: yeah. So, not even their best players, not even in the EPL, whereas like Denmark has multiple players in EPL. So,
2: yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the more I look at the more I think you might be right. I think Denmark might be worth it.
0: That's, yeah, that's all I hear is like, you know, I've seen a couple of of highlights of their past matches, and I, I, yeah, I mean, home, home field advantage, but that didn't really help them in the World Cup. Uh, but you know, that threat of you know never being able to come back home if you lose. So that motivates people, you know.
2: I think it cuts for Schmeichel as well. I like Yeah. Him. Unbelievable yeah, it goalie be,
1: yeah. yeah. His his save in the FA Cup final, one of the best saves I've ever seen. I don't know if you it guys watch
2: really that match. I saw I didn't watch the match but I saw the highlights. It was it was legit. was yeah.
0: and that leads us with group a the group that's going to kick us off um depending on when you're listening to this already kicked us off or if you're downloading this on the day because this will drop on the day that the tournament starts uh we have italy switzerland turkey and wales um is italy making a comeback or they still that rebuild they've been in a rebuild for a little bit uh, is this yeah. kind of where we see those fruits and that, you know, everything paying off for them? Or are they still a couple of years or one tournament away from really making a splash again?
2: I, I think this is their year. I, I think they've got this group quite handily. Uh, they got the. Yeah. yeah, no, they've got a. They got Giorgino. They got a Barella. They got a solid, solid team. Uh,
1: I, I do feel like they're going to make a comeback, but uh, this is this is, is where my hot take is going to... The real hot take that I had the whole Ooh. time was that Tur- Turkey is going to top this group, and this has gone from someone who's been conditioned his whole life to dislike the Turkish national football team. Uh, they, they just, they're just stacked with talent this year. And uh, I've seen some of their matches... Uh, they played a friendly against Iran a couple of years back. This is this is a quality team. And I actually feel like Turkey has is, is my pick to go all the way to the semifinals. So that's the team that's going to top the group, followed by Italy.
2: Wow. Okay. I do not have that. I just think Italy have got too much from the uh, Immobile. Turkey's got a good few. I'm just looking at their their lineup now. No, I don't. No, I don't have that. I, I'm curious. This is this is the one I think will be a good one. Whether if you if you get yeah. it or not, I I, I have Italy.
0: He's, he's saying he doesn't know what you're looking at.
2: <laughs> yeah. I have a I have Italy, Wales, uh, Turkey, Switzerland. I know Ramsey Ramsay and Bale have sort of fallen off since since the last one when they went deep, but I still think they could have they could have a run
1: whales second yeah. okay all right yeah. all right
0: see i am I'm, I'm torn i had I was, so i had uh i had Wales in the top two but you're talking so highly of turkey especially from someone who's supposed to you know hate them like that that's got to mean something uh i'm gonna do you one better uh i'm gonna put the swiss in the top two
2: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: okay.
0: And I'll, and I'll tell you why. They're always underestimated. And every so often, you know, it, for a lot of time, it's warranted. Or they're a mid-tier team. You know, they qualify, but don't. But every now and then, they make a splash. And they, you know, you, you could have a couple ties. You get a win. And that can be good enough to move on. Um, I mean, they they might even move on as a third-place team. Uh, which we haven't... Uh, it's hard to pick those third-place teams because it's yeah. all depending on... But uh, I, I'll i be the odd one. I'll be the the odd duck. I will say Switzerland, Wales, just to just to be really out there. And I guess if someone wants to make a bet and you win a lot of money off that, then <laughs> uh, congratulations. Uh, but I wouldn't put Wales, too right. much. You know, it's that type of bet where you could put $5 on and win a lot of money. But if you lose, you only lose $5. So
2: that's true. That's a hell. That's a hell of a one,
1: though. Yeah, I guess. I guess uh, that, that that they were right. Uh, they should have not legalized weed in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> people. No, that
0: that's it's it's still early in the I'm day. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm
1: kidding. Who knows, man? You
2: never. I've know only you had I've in. only
0: had one beverage. I'm not that tipsy. <laughs> so who's yeah. The so
2: best, who's the Swiss's best player?
0: That's that's the beauty yeah uh, uh-huh.
1: He doesn't even play for Liverpool anymore like he's on the roster, but I haven't seen him touch a football this season. so Okay. Cool.
0: That's uh, I think this is the funnest part, I mean, funnest part of any tournament, but I- I've been kept in so I haven't seen any European like friendlies or anything. I- I've been lucky enough I, I signed up for uh, DAZN so I can watch a lot of things since I don't have cable. Um, but uh, I've been watching some things, but I haven't in years past, haven't been able to see the lead up matches or friendlies to see where teams are at. So this is just all gut feeling things that I've seen in the past and not knowing where teams are at after coming out of this pandemic and training. So, uh, I could be so wrong. It's not even funny. Uh, but uh, I was
1: going to say there, there are a couple of good uh, friendlies happening right now. But uh, if you're going to watch anything tonight, it should be game game
2: seven of Mavericks. Clippers. Exactly. So uh, yeah. So what's that's it, already... uh, what's what's it showing on the Euros? It's not on the zone, right?
0: No, I think it, in here in Canada it's on TSN. I think okay, yeah, they have all the matches. So and I don't have
2: cable. I will be watching it legally.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course, totally legal. Yes. Uh, thanks, mom and dad, for uh, having still a cable subscription that uh,
2: absolutely that your
0: your your sons use.
2: Now, I'll go, I'll uh, assuming that assuming some restrictions are lifted, I can go right into my uh, my van laws. they right the corner. Maybe an eight inch TV with all the, all of the channels.
0: There you go. I gotta I gotta use my thirty two inch TV that I also play video games on. That sometimes I squint to see what's happening and. So oh, I go. think maybe an investment in a bigger TV might be down in my, uh, my future with all the, the soccer and Olympics.
2: Let's say with the winnings from your Switzerland yeah, winning the group. Exactly. <laughs>
0: I've just paid for a new TV. There we go. Yeah. We'll have to see the odds and how big I can go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let us know on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, what you think of our picks, how, far off are we are do we talk some sense uh do we convince you are we are you offended by any of our picks um let us know uh we also have our contest going on with our sponsor draft apparel co uh you can uh all you have to do is like them on instagram or facebook we're giving away on both social media platforms so like one or both uh like obviously our page but if you uh don't follow our page. How do you know the contest is going on unless you just listen to this? Well, thank you very much. And um, let us know in the comments what sport we should do a deep dive on. Uh, we do deep dives on unusual sports or sports that aren't necessarily featured in North America. So uh, what one do you want to hear about? Uh, what one do you want to learn more about? So let us know on our social media platforms uh, and uh, you know, enjoy the tournaments. Uh, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoy, uh, all the soccer or football imaginable. The good thing about being in North America is it happens. You can wake up early and have soccer all the way through and then just have dinner and go to bed and do it all over again.
2: So that's one of my favorite things actually about, uh, being in, in Canada is the time difference. Um, as an Arsenal fan, I used to hate it because you, especially when I was living in Dublin, you couldn't go for in a golf or whatever because you're like, oh, i got to be back for three o'clock to watch a match uh, or a 12 o'clock game on a Saturday or, or five o'clock at the evening. It was just, sometimes it was inconvenient. And if you if it was a 12 o'clock game, a lunchtime kickoff on a Sunday and you lost, it would wreck your entire afternoon, especially if it was like to Liverpool yeah. or United or something like that. You'd be like, all afternoon, be like, oh God, they missed that free kick. Whereas here, it's a, like, it's a, either seven in the morning uh, in vancouver it was earlier sometimes It was like 4:30 in the morning was the 12 o'clock ones so that was brutal uh but usually it's like a five o'clock or seven o'clock um sometimes it's like a nine in the morning you just watch it and then you can go ahead and enjoy your day um downside is if they lose it wrecks your entire day uh as opposed to uh as opposed to before but i just i find now i actually record it and then i'll watch it and i'll watch all the time that we're winning or drawing and if we're ever losing <laughs> i just press fast forward until we tie it up or i just watch a 90 minute match in 20 minutes because i fast forward from one nil to the end <laughs> but you yeah, know i i prefer the time difference here because you can actually it, it doesn't take up as much of your day you can go out and do things so i'm really looking forward to this you'll be able to, to watch it in the morning and then get out there and enjoy the rest of your day or get to work
0: yeah. We're totally not going to be watching matches while at work. To- absolutely. Totally not. professional,
2: absolutely. especially not in a row invi- in and in, in a work from home environment, such as <laughs> you, you absolutely wouldn't have the TV that is about 10 feet off to the side, just angled towards you whilst you're on mute. They absolutely not do that at all. Totally not. No, no. <laughs>
0: well, thank you as always. Uh, uh, thank you to you, the listeners. Um, and yeah, we're inching ever so closely to a thousand downloads. So thank you so much. Um, I, I haven't checked in a while, uh, but let's see if uh, we've added a new country to the mix. Uh, we have seven countries that uh, people download this from. I don't know how you found us, come on, but uh, Burkina think...
1: Faso, Burkina Faso, come on. <laughs>
0: Uh, Let's see. So we're at uh, the United States, Canada, UK, Ireland, Germany, Sweden, South Africa, Australia, Hong Kong. So no new countries, but thank you for wherever you are around the world listening. Uh, That's going to do it. Enjoy the tournament. Uh, And looking at this, we are 100. We're at 900 downloads. So uh, let's get us to Uh, 1,000. We got the giveaway. Uh, Let us know. Gentlemen, uh, thank you so very much for joining us. Um, Enjoy the soccer, stay safe, get vaccinated so we can all come together and enjoy everything going forward and uh, sport on.